We are herd animals. We need a mate. We are hardwired to have a mate. Do we want a full-time mate, a standby mate, or an occasional mate? You've got to know exactly what you want. I am indiv an individual before I am anyone's anything. I am Balisa before I'm your girlfriend. I am Balisa before I'm your daughter. I am Balisa before I'm your sibling. I am Balisa before I'm your mother. I am Balisa before I'm your friend. I do think there's quite a different dynamic um, between dating as a single mom and as a single dad. Um, it's not an easy journey, you know, there's no um, manual for it. I also think there's quite a bit of judgment and, and opinion on the topic, especially when it comes to moms. Um, I think a lot of us kind of judge ourselves or we feel like we're perhaps undeserving or even that our, that our kids should be like our only priority and then, you know, dating kind of takes a back step to that. Mayday, may, may, mayday. Oh my God. Get ready. Okay, so you know how it works, the drill is very simple. It, it, it's opinions. Please be upstanding. The name's Kata Homabusela. Opinions. Welcome to Opinions. My name is Katle Homabusela. Thank you so much for making the time uh, to have a listen. Um, you know, I was reading this statistic that really blew my mind. Apparently, 40% of South African mothers are single parents. Wow. I know, right? I would talk about us guys, but unfortunately, South Africa has this dubious, dubious, dubious stat of being the second highest or having the second highest rate of father absence in Africa, only after Namibia. Now, this episode that you're listening to is about dating as single parents. And I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of women and there will be some guys listening thinking, ah, oh, man, I feel like underrepresented. I'm not heard. I don't hear my voice on this episode. Unfortunately, this is the statistic we're dealing with, and that's why a large part of the voice that you're hearing is the female voice, because they're the most represented in this conversation. But that being said, please feel free to like hit me up, comment, whatever it is that you need to do, and say, I don't feel heard as a single father who's trying to date. This is my experience. Opinions only works if you share your opinions. So what is in this conversation? What is in this podcast? I had three conversations. Well, I had two conversations uh, with two separate people who I think you would absolutely love. The one is Pale Samufakeng, a great friend of mine uh, who hosts her own podcast called Red Wine and Cigarettes. And she was sharing her experiences um, as a single mother, uh, having dated as a single mother and having um, gone into it at a very interesting part of her life and some of the things that happened there. And then you will hear voices from other single mothers who have dated and uh, some of their experiences and some of the challenges that they faced. And then towards the end, I had a conversation with the founder of Perfect Match, which is a matchmaking website, Shannon. She's a really colorful character. And uh, she spoke to, you know, some of the things that people can do to make that experience a little better. But also she did cast some light on some of the things that do happen out there. And on that note, welcome to Opinions. It, it, it's opinions. We're doing a series on parenting. And um, last week we, we had a guest talking about um, sort of um, raising men um, in the parenting space, I suppose, from a parenting perspective uh, and from a broader community perspective. And we thought we'd move the conversation along um, and, and start to speak about something that really is, um, I suppose, one of those things that you'll only understand if you are going through the experience. And oftentimes there's a lot of judgment uh, from us who are on the sidelines looking at other people living through that experience. And that is single parent dating. 
uh, we're all human beings. At some level, we all want to connect with other beings on a romantic level. Uh, it gives us a sense of significance. It gives us a sense of feeling loved. Um, and so nothing about becoming uh, a single parent says you're no longer entitled to that, yet as a society, judge it so much. So this is the conversation we're having. And on that note, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to Opinions, the revamped Opinions. Uh, Popo, I call her Popo, uh, my girl, she also has a podcast with uh, some wonderful ladies and friends of, of, of our podcast um, called uh, Red Wine and Cigarettes. And uh, be sure to check that out every Thursday evening, right? Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. And that is on Facebook and on YouTube. So it streams live, but you can also get uh, the recorded version of that. Popo, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Dude, let's jump straight into it, right? Um, so... Mm-hmm. What's your experience been? Maybe just give context as well as to how old your child is and uh, when you decided to give yourself permission to go back into the dating game. Okay. Um, My daughter is now 13. The first relationship I got into after having her was actually quite, was actually, oh, my child's father and I broke up when I was pregnant. So by the time I had my kid, I was already single mom yeah um i actually met someone on myspace um (laughs) that shows how old you are (laughs) (laughs) i met someone on myspace when she was three months old um he sent me a friend request i remember he says he thought he knew me and it seemed feasible because i saw pictures of him with a lot of people people who I knew um, only to find that he was very, he was, he's, he's was the cousin to a very close friend of mine, but he stayed in the States. So we ended up, we were speaking on Gmail, MySpace, we're calling each other, you know, those telecom calling cards for international calls. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was no WhatsApp. There was no, was there BBM? This is 2007. I don't think there was BBM. I I definitely feel like we were out here on Google like this. There was like Google chat or something. Anyway, so I (laughs) met him um, that December. My daughter was born April. So we started dating before we even met each other. Um, So she was really young at the time and I was quite okay with him meeting her, I think, because she was was a baby, you know. Okay, that didn't work out, but she wasn't directly affected by that because it wasn't someone that she was exposed to a lot. He lived in the States. Um, I I think the first time I exposed my child to another man was in 2015 or 2016. And my child went through the breakup with me. Let me put it that way. Um, She really bonded to this person. Um, She went through the breakup with me. She saw him almost every day and really related to him like a father figure. I mean, her dad has always been in the picture, but he was a father figure. They loved each other. Like sometimes I felt like he was more her boyfriend than I was. You know what I mean? Like she'd want to hold his hand and, you know, they had a very, very good relationship. So now after my child went through a breakup that was kind of via me, um, I think I then became a lot more careful about exposing her to a man I'm dating, but I can't say that 
I have it all figured out. So, so yeah. okay, I hear that, right? And my immediate thought goes back to before going into, into that relationship. Um, you obviously, I mean, went into it having been pregnant already um, and you connected mm-hmm. with the guy not having met them. What were your thoughts yeah. at that time? Because there must have been some huge anxieties. Funny enough, no. Um, I, I, I think anxiety comes with uh, a lot of things that don't make sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. let, me let me explain that. There are, I've seen like on certain forums where a person will ask a question like, when is the right time to disclose to your partner that you have a child. That's seriously confusing to me because my child is always on my lips. There's no way you will sit with me for 30 minutes and not know that I have a daughter. I'm the person who pulls out my phone and shows, shows you a picture. I'm like, look how gorgeous she is. And she's so smart and, you know, quite immediately. Um, so I think that somehow the message has been communicated that when you have a child out of wedlock, uh, it's something that you need to dis- disclose and almost be apologetic about. I had none of that. Um, but also the guy who I was speaking to, the one I met on MySpace, he was considerably older than me. He was 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he was already a father to two kids. So maybe that's also, so maybe at the time I was 22, maybe if it had been a guy who was 22, it would have been a different navigation. Sure. But this guy was 32 and mm-hmm. he, already, he was already a parent. So I guess that also just made it a lot easier to navigate for me. So no, I didn't really have anxiety around it, to be honest. It, it, it's opinions. It's, I mean, we're all different. We all raise differently. We raise our kids differently. But for me, um, yeah, I'm very close to my daughter and we, we talk about everything. So it wasn't really a, a difficult conversation for me to tell her that I was dating someone. Um, I just had to reassure, you know, that I would still be the mom that I am um, and that my partner is no replacement to a dad. Um, and then it was also important for my partner to understand um my everyday life, um, which obviously includes her, I think, you know, the sooner the better if the introduction can happen. I think, um, yeah, it just gives all of us, all the, the, your partner and your child and yourself, the, the opportunity to grow together in a relationship, um, as opposed to just, you know, having your child and, and having a boyfriend and just separating the two. I hear a lot of women um, highlighting the point that you're making that it's mm. almost as if it's this sin or the secret that they're supposed to either disclose up front or hide completely, right? I, what do you think causes that? Like, where the hell does that come from? Um, hey, where does that come from? The church? Um, I'll tell you why I say the church first. I mean, when I fell, when I fell pregnant with my daughter, um, I was forced to, before I got her christened, at the time I still identified as Christian, that has since changed, um, but I was not able to get my daughter christened unless I went to this thing called corrective counseling at church. So what correct, whoa, whoa, whoa. I will share my experience of corrective counseling. It's called Basically, corrective counseling. It's called corrective counseling. That's what it's called. That's I gotta hear, it's the first time I'm hearing about it. The first time you had, honey, it ain't new. Speak to me, honey. Anyway, so I had to go to corrective counseling. 
And there was a lady at the time who went to church with me who had been impregnated by one of my family members. So she and I had to attend this corrective counseling. That's he did it. Never. <laughs> That is the <laughs> So basically the message I got in this class is I have I have sinned, I have fornicated and defiled myself, but because of God's mercy, um he has now forgiven me. But I am tainted and I should be grateful for any man who is going to accept me in this compromised state, right? So me being me, I called BS, whatever. I went to my classes, I christened my kid, but I was just like, I feel like I don't know if this makes any sense to me. But I think that a lot of women don't question it. You know, the fact that you go home and you, you, you disclose that you're pregnant and everyone's traumatized and then someone has to come and pay. Guys, can we can we engage with the word damage? Eish. Can we engage with the word damage? They go have there, to come and pay there, damage there, to, to your family. Yeah. Um, because somehow you are devalued, I guess. I don't know. You're no longer a virgin. You're the, and, and, and all goes back to just the value of virginity. And 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 there's there's so many offshoot subjects, you know, that bring us to why women don't feel comfortable disclosing that they had a child in within what was a failed relationship or rape or, you know what I mean? I, I mean, the fact that they'll call it like a child of rape will be mistreated because they, a child of rape just were warped, were warped, were messed up, were messed up. But I've always been, I've always interrogated things yeah. And question things that don't immediately make sense to me. So I didn't subscribe to all of that, but not everyone is me. Not everyone is me. I am what you would call a rebel. I'm not a rebel. I'm a questioner. I'm a going unicorn. to ask. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, it's, not, it's not being rebellious. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it's not about, it's not rebellion. I ask questions and if something doesn't make sense to me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to question it. I completely respect um, someone choosing not to date a single parent, single mom or dad. I completely respect that, but I'm also completely unapologetic about it. Yeah. Completely unapologetic, you know, but that's your choice to make. So let me put it this way. There isn't a guy that's opted out of potentially being with me because I'm a single mom. They've never had a problem, but I think it's because it's been quite clear to them that there's no room for them to have a problem because it's not something I feel I need to apologize for. The best type of mom you can be is a happy one. So if you've met someone or, or several um, who can add love and just fun and, you know, enhance your life, then you should do that. And then I think in line with happiness is um, self-care as well. So although your kids are, are your priority, I think you still need to, to do things for yourself and... Um, Dating is definitely one of them. So technology being what it is, at some point in our conversation with Paris, I lost connection with her. But I did manage to ask a question that I'd been meaning to, to really get to her, which was, how did she 
um, you know, speak to her daughter about this process? Because a lot of parents worry about that. How did she have that conversation with her child? And this is what she says she said to her. I am an individual before I am anyone's anything. I am Balisa before I'm your girlfriend. I am Balisa before I'm your daughter. I am Balisa before I'm your sibling. I am Balisa before I'm your mother. I am Balisa before I'm your friend. And how did she take it? Because I think a lot of parents are afraid of having those kind of conversations with their kids because they feel like they're going to create long-term problems. Sorry, who you were saying? I'm saying um, a lot of parents are afraid of having that kind of conversation because they worry or they're going to scar their child for life. Oh my God, the child's going to think that I don't love if, them. I, if anything, I feel like I made the right decision there because it fostered a, a certain independence in her mm. and she carries herself in the same way. You know, I I, I think that um, I, have, I have taught her that to a certain extent, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to be selfish. It's okay to make decisions that are right for you. It's okay for you to say, I don't want to go to this birthday party because there's someone there who I don't like or just because I don't feel like it. Yeah. I'd rather be at home today, mom. I don't want to go. Do, do you get what I mean? Um, and, and that lesson spills into so many areas. I mean, it even spills over into, into consent. You know, because I've said to her, you're allowed to make your own choices. You're allowed to decide where you want to go. It also means you can decide that I don't want to hug Uncle Smangman or I don't want to hug or even Aunt Smangman. Mm. You know what I mean? I've always told her that it's you. You belong to you. It's your body. It's not mine. I don't owe you like, I don't own you like you don't own me. You get what I mean? So I've always, <laughs> I've always expressed that to her and I feel like, um, She's become really independent and decisive for that lesson. Um, I feel like it's empowered her. Obviously, a little toddler is trying to get their way and she tried to push the boundaries, but I was consistent in that. And I was just like, honey, I see your tears, but one, I am unmoved by them. If anything, they're irritating me. You're trying to manipulate me. Right? You're trying to manipulate me. Tears of manipulation take you so much farther from your goal than you were. Let's try a different strategy. I'm not moved by tears of manipulation. You are cute as hell. Not moved by that either. This is what's happening. I'm leaving. I will be back. But also when I say to you, I'm going to take you ice skating, I'm going to take you ice skating. Mm -hmm. I've committed to that. So I'm keeping my word to you, but I'm also keeping my word to myself. So I need a girl's night now. And I'm a goal. So for you, there's no like real um, level of guilt or anything like that. You don't feel like you're depriving, uh, you don't, you, um, you're de- depriving her of a part of you as a mother. You know, because I think that's also where there is a concern that you know, as soon as you put self first, um, that you are mm-hmm. taking away from her. And what I'm getting from you is like, yo, man, um, I matter as much as you do. In fact, more so to myself than yeah. you do. As much as I love you and you're my child, and I'd hope that you'd have that same thinking. And I will. I can only be the best version of me to you if I am being good to myself. Am I, am I understanding you correctly? I'll, I'll tell you what. I've, I don't have guilt about that. Let yeah. me tell you the things that make me feel guilty as a parent. I feel guilty as a parent when I am unable to provide for you. Yeah. I feel guilty as a parent when... I feel like you should be rewarded for something and I'm unable to do that. That's when I feel guilty as a parent. I feel guilty as a parent when um, I feel guilt. I I mean, I have, oh, let me be honest about this as well. I have taken it too far. 2010, my darling. It was like, 
resigned from mothering. What does that look like? What does that mean? So there is taking it too far. Where I would go as far as saying I was neglectful of her emotionally. Uh, I was having too much fun. Where, where was you that know, line? How did you know that you, I mean, I suppose retrospectively you know, but why do you think you were being neglectful at that point? Um, it shows in children's behavior, man. Suddenly she had separation anxiety. You know what I mean? She, she, didn't, she didn't trust me. Yeah. Or everything in her said she didn't trust me anymore she kind of shut down she latched more to my mom than she did to me um yeah sure okay so then how do you I, fix I, that how do you I, come out of that because that's that that's a bit tricky um <clears throat> sure i will say this earning a child's trust again takes double the at least double the amount of time it took to lose it um, on, you have to on, be consistently on, the opposite for a long period of time for them to believe you. Because it gets to a point where once they mistrust you, your words mean nothing to yeah. them. Because your actions have completely said the opposite. So now your actions have to completely say the affirmative, but over a long period of time until the child believes it again. So I had to earn her trust again. And did you ever feel in that process of earning her trust again? In in that process of earning, I was going to say, in the process of earning her trust again, um, did you never find Mm -hmm. yourself overcompensating? I would assume that'd be a natural thing, an inclination to, to like be overly, overly, because you feel like you Um, you let her down. Overcompensating, Mm. yes, I would say I, I did find myself overcompensating. I also realized that because I'd lost her trust, I couldn't now go back to go back to the middle. Because remember I said I went too far? Yeah. I had to now deny myself <laughs> um the very things I, I believe I deserve for myself. I had to then like cut off the friend time, girls time, all of it because I'd left a void in my child that it was my responsibility to fill again. Mm. You know, and then once we got to a good space again, then then I'd be like, oh, man, you know, I'd really, you know, like to maybe, you know, go see my friends, you know. And once she became receptive to that again, then I started doing, you know, even now, yeah, she'd be like, mom, like, because I've become a homebody now. She'd be like, don't you want to go out? Like, you know, don't you want to dress up? And, you know, she she's she, trying to get rid of she, you now. She knows exactly. I am and she embraces that yeah. you know um, and we don't have that thing anymore where she resents me doing stuff for myself oh that's beautiful when did you know it was time for you to, to it was safe for you to go back out when she stopped being clingy ah okay that's a good indicator yeah. when she stopped being clingy when she didn't panic when I left the house anymore mm. thinking I, I might not come back when I said I'd come back, that's when I knew that, okay, we're at a good place again. Okay. Well, yeah. in the interest of not extending a conversation beyond what it needs to be extended, I'm going to try and have us wrap it here. But like, what would you say to the single mother? Because I think maybe there is a part of it that's romanticizing the idea of being a single parent. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I don't have time for myself and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I know it sounds like I'm not. Uh, but I feel sometimes as people, we blow up, we make what mountains out of molehills. 
And um, all we need yeah. sometimes is actual strategies to help us manage whatever the issue might be. So having been somebody who, I sus- from my opinion, is managing it quite successfully, um, you know, the dating life as a parent, uh, what, what, what do you say? What do you say to that person? How do they manage their partners or ex-partners or baby daddies or baby mamas? How do they navigate the time uh, balance thing? How do they ma- navigate the emotions thing? How would you sum that up? Like, Yo, KG, you've asked me a lot of things and I, I don't know that I have, I don't, I don't know that I have the answers. Um, we want your opinions, not your one. answers. <laughs> opinions. <laughs> um, the navigation with your, I, this is what something I want to say specifically to women and they probably won't like me sure. for saying it. But I definitely think a, think a big problem that women have is that they use their children to fight their battles with the men who wronged and left them because we are not sure what happened there. We were not there. Again. We were not there. We were not there. Um, I think women need to stop doing that with immediate effect. Um, as that it's not that child's business. You, what you and that guy did or didn't do to each other. Maybe he wronged you. Maybe he beat you even. Maybe. Maybe he even beat you, you know, but you don't get to decide that the child doesn't have a relationship with the father or speak against the child's father to the child. That man is going to teach that child exactly who he is. Mm. You don't get to speak against him to the child. It's not fair. You're putting the child in a weird position and you're involving them in what, what is an adult relationship. It has nothing to do with them. One. Two, um, I, I, there's so many variables when, when deciding when it is the right time to introduce your child to your partner. My, 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 my friend, my friend was, who's also a single mom was dating this guy, right? Yeah. Um, this guy became close to a son. They broke up. She then said to the son, listen, I'm not going to introduce you to anyone that I'm with until I feel like it may get serious. And her son said to her, mommy, it's important to me to know what's going on in your life and who is in your life. He's a boy. He's got a protective nature. He was like, I know that it may not always work out. So I'm asking you to introduce me to them because also I'd like to figure out how this person and I get along. Imagine if you guys are now very serious. I meet him and him and I don't get along. She was just like, what? You know what I'm hearing when you say that, dude? It's blowing my mind because what it's actually saying is we also don't give kids enough credit. Like we treat them like, I suppose they're kids, but to the point where we we disempower them. And that is such a emotionally um, intelligent and evolved thing to come from yes. a child and oftentimes they do surprises with with stuff like that you know yeah yeah so also um some people feel like i'm inappropriately um honest about what happened what like the demise of my relationships you can't just have people disappear guys like mm. she had a relationship with this person he's now gone you know and then she's like when she's like mommy what happened I give her an answer and I usually give her a truthful one, Yeah, you know, and, 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 and I don't always paint it as it was his fault. If I was also culpable, I tell her, yeah. you know, because I feel like that's empowering her. And I'm just like, these are the things that happen in relationships and these are the navigations. And sometimes there's lack of communication. Sometimes mommy responds like this because she's insecure, 
you know, that was insecurity on my part. And I kind of pushed him a little bit too far. Yeah. You know, I'm very honest in my communication of, of the demise of my relationships or because kids can also sense tension. You know, they, kids are not stupid. They see things. They see what usually my mom is busy on the phone. She gets five calls a day. It's been quiet. She, Mommy. Mm. And after the calls, what? Like, a bit of a fight right now. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, I'm like, yeah, because conflict is natural. It happens. Yeah. You know, obviously you can't tell them every detail. There's some things that are just really not appropriate, you mm. know, but I'm as honest as I can be about the fact that hey, these navigations are not easy and conflict is normal. Um, what emotional intelligence is and isn't, um, where I fall short, um, what's, what's, what deal breakers are for me, what's important to me, what my needs are. Um, oh, man, his love language is one, two, three, four, five. I didn't realize that it was that. So I thought I was loving him, but not the way he needed me to. What do you mean, mom? What's love language? We speak about love languages. And she's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. A lot of the time we're giving people what they don't want. Yeah. You know, but we don't know it's not what they want. You get me? So I have these conversations with her. She knows that mommy dates. She knows that mommy goes on dates that sometimes don't go anywhere. You know, um, I want her to understand that life ebbs and flows. You know what I'm hearing as, as you say that, that we're spending so much time, and I say we knowing that I'm not a parent myself, right? But let me say parents then, um, single parents uh, specifically, are spending so much time trying to protect as opposed to um, possibly empowering their children. Because, you know, and I, obviously it's understandable, it's coming from a place, you've had experiences as a human being to get to being an adult. In fact, the fact that you might be in a, uh, a single parent has a re- probably has to do with something that went wrong, whether it was a death or a loss of some sort, but you've lost the other partner in the yeah, equation yeah. and you're parenting alone in that respect. So you're trying to protect your child from all of the life's ills, but what you're not aware yeah. of is that you're not allowing them to um they call it conditioning in sports so you know you do something repetitively you get your muscle gets used to that thing and it understands how to respond when that level of stress is put on it so similarly as human beings we need to be conditioned in certain parts of ourselves whether it's emotionally spiritually and or otherwise and so we're not giving them that and then the first shock in their life comes because they have this guy who's like super amazing until he's not there anymore he just ghosts them and then they don't know how to deal with it because mommy wasn't telling me about all yeah. the ghosts that she had when she was, you know, trying to find that guy. Yeah. Or daddy um, was meeting up some crazy woman, but he never spoke about the crazy woman that he was meeting or spoke honestly about mm. them. And now here I am experiencing it for the first time. I can a direction. Where do I begin? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I think I, 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 I feel as though by... By being open and honest about my imperfections, yeah. um, it empowers my daughter to know that being imperfect is okay. You, you, you know what I mean? I think that that's how I empower her. You know what I mean? I mean, we engage with, we engage with so many things. You know, well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm a, I'm a smoker. Mm. And my daughter once came home from school and she was like, Mommy! We're learning about smoking, ozone layer, what, 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 what. And I was like, it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> and, As you I know, like whereas my usually black parents specifically would be like, Pape. like <laughs> who are you to question me? You know, I was like, it's all true. And she was like, so why do you do it? And yeah. I was like, hey, darling, I was like, I like her of things once upon a time. And now 
I'm in a situation now where I'm addicted. And what does addicted mean? I'm just like, it just means that in here, I know I shouldn't do it, but it's almost like my body overrides, you know, and now I have this, it's terrible, terrible. And I hope that you never make this choice, but at the end of the day, your choices are yours. You. That's literally the way I communicate with them. You know, for any kid, but for little girls, um, you know, you, you want to show them or teach them what real love looks like. So if you're not with their dad for whatever reason, I think if you can find someone who still allows you to, to show them, you know, what, what love should look like, then I think it's a beautiful journey. I really enjoyed having uh, a chat with Popo Palisa. Um, again, don't forget to check out their podcast. Um, they're a very lively bunch, <laughs> bunch of girls. Um, it's every Thursday. It goes live on Facebook every Thursday um, at 8 p.m. South African time. And uh, you can get the podcast thereafter. I then moved my conversation to uh, somebody that I found online. And I know that sounds dodgy, but that's not what I mean. Okay. So I figured if there is one person who would know about um, the dating and the perils thereof at any level, it'll be a matchmaker because every day they deal with people looking for love or connection or whatever it might be, right? And so I went online and I found a company called Perfect Match. Funny enough or easily enough, I was able to find uh, the owner of that business, Shannon, and she was more than happy to have a conversation with us. Now, I have to create context because what you're about to hear are some clips from that conversation. Uh, Shannon is a little older and so her technology, her relationship with technology is a bit um, shaky for, for, for the lack of a better word. But nonetheless, we did have a conversation and I took some parts of that because I thought they were worth sharing. I hope you enjoy. Uh, and here's what my conversation with her It's a uh, children, responsibilities, etc. So ideally, when people come to a matchmaker, I've got to find the lid that fits them. A guy mm. might want to sleep with you because it's all he can get. If you if you don't know what the opposite sex is looking for, you're going to be mm. picking up the crumbs. If you figure yourself as a worthy woman and you've really, you've got it together, you've got your act together, you've got to be the part. You've got to be groomed can't come with diabetes and all kind of medical issues because who wants to buy a broken car i have women especially usually over 40 who tell me they earning big time and they tell me i don't want a man in my life i want a companion when people join me they tell me be with children i want to have my own children i want to meet somebody with children of the same age same same background we're a very sporty family or we're a very academic family or we are a very very church going family we go to church every night every day of the week so i've mm. got to find people that identify their lifestyle and then i'm the friend who introduces a to b and then they talk to each other after they've seen a profile and they've liked the profile. So up front they know, I hate animals, I love animals. I don't have children, I have children. I want to have children, I've got children, we'll have more children. All these little mm -hmm. factors in on planning your life together. What is the singles landscape? There are thousands of women to every eligible man. There are lots of men out there that are not planning to settle yet 
They want relationships. They want all the intimacy. They want the physical excitement. But they are no ways looking for a permanent investment. When you fall in love with somebody, you're investing your heart in their well-being as they should be with you. That means that you have to have a mutual agreement, even if unspoken, before you give each other expectations, which are promises or declarations of darling, I love you, to know that you're going to be with this person for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Agree up front. This is best for now. We are going to be madly in love and see where it goes. But then don't expect it to last. Your children actually need to be part of the system as well. Mommy has to tell the children, I am looking for a future mate. Because often, and I hear this from men, they meet the woman, then they meet the children, and the children kick and scream. They don't want this man in their life. They want their daddy back. And this comes to a seriously psychological problem. So the children have got to be mentally and emotionally prepared. Daddy is, and mommy haven't divorced us. We still have daddy. Daddy's going to find a partner. We still have mommy and she needs a partner as well. I know you want to be in love. I know you want to be in love with the most gorgeous human being on the planet. But what else is there? We are herd animals. We need a mate. We are hardwired to have a mate. Do we want a full-time mate, a standby mate, or an occasional mate? You've got to know exactly what you want. If you win the lotto, you're not going to put your money in the first investment that's offered to you. You're going to look around. Where is my money going to be safe? Where am I going to get the most returns? And the rest of your life is your investment. Absolutely. And the women have to understand this too. They need to be free. That if you're courting a new man in your life, you can't, you can't phone you and say, let's go to dinner tomorrow night. And uh, <laughs> an hour before the dinner, uh, my, my son is sick. I've got to cancel. Now that might've been the only night he had free. He might've canceled many uh, other meetings and other obligations. He's put his night aside for her, but now she has a son who needs her attention. And that is where he'll understand, but he'll ask himself, how often is this going to happen? A man can cry. A man gets lonely. He gets brokenhearted too. He can always step up and be the hero. But how many times does he tolerate being slapped down? So women have to understand more about men and Men have to be a little more tolerant about the woman's situation. And that is how we wrap it up. Our opinions episode on dating as parents or single parent dating, to be more specific. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know that because it's a show, it's got a limited number of people we can have and therefore a limit expressed. But our conversation can go on. And that's what social media allows us to do. So do comment, do like, dislike, agree, not agree with any of what is said on the show because that's where we all edify each other, right? But I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and I hope it was worth it for you. I will see you or you will hear me <laughs> on the next one. Between now and the next time we see each other, you know how it goes. Be kind, live, love, learn, and always, always listen.
My name's KG. I'm out.